Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I, I'm not judging these guys on size or color. I, I just think they were boring and dumb. Well, <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. <laughs> Todd Furman from the Bet the Board podcast. Just want to be the the second show on this radio station, Mr. Big Shot, Golik, and Wingo, uh, to wish you a happy legalization of sports betting day. You've got national, Furman. Uh, you know what? It is a big day for sports bettors all over this fine country. Now, what it exactly means, that remains anybody's guess, but I have to imagine we're about to embark on a very unusual path over the next uh, 90 days or so leading up to football 2018. Yes. I, I want to read you just uh, two sentences from my favorite uh, hypocritic statement being sent out. This one from the Athletic Directors Association of the NCAA that says 80% of our athletic directors have indicated they oppose sports betting. Our athletic directors are concerned not only about the vulnerability of young student-athletes to inducements of point-shaving, but by the increased compliance costs to keep their programs clean. So it's going to cost maybe into the six figures to make sure that kids aren't just rampantly being pulled in by uh, by shady characters who want point-shaving. Todd, somebody might want to tell some of these hypocritic people that uh, they have had sports betting underground for a long time. It's like a tens of billions of dollars a year industry that that has existed. So if point shaving was a thing, it's still going to be a thing. Exactly. It's not something that's going to materialize out of nothing, at least at this current juncture. And I hope all of those athletic directors that they spoke to have prevented their teams from participating in any college basketball tournaments or events anywhere within the state of Nevada, because it has an impact at the West Coast Conference, it has an impact at the Mountain West, has an impact at the Pac-12, you name it. A lot of these student-athletes that can't be around all these trials and tribulations and all these temptations in Sodom and Gomorrah that is sports betting, uh, they've been able to stay away. It's one of those uh, crutches that I think a lot of these you know, schools, along with the leagues, want to fall back on when it comes to the integrity word, saying that a legalized, regulated market would somehow make match-fixing and point-shaving that much more prevalent, when in reality it's the exact opposite of what will take place. Todd, uh, once the excitement of this announcement dies down a bit, how quickly do you expect this will or won't move? Well, I mean, William Hill, for example, in the state of New Jersey has said they want to come out and they want to be able to accept sports bets at Monmouth Park as early as the NBA Finals. 
So that's about two weeks away if you believe that they're able to be to put the infrastructure in place from the state side and be able to make things happen. Then when you look at some of the other states that probably become very likely to get on board, it's a question of what their timelines will look like. You probably throw Connecticut, Iowa, Mississippi at the forefront, New York, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia in that bucket. And then it's that next tier down that Minnesota will fall into along the likes of California, Illinois, Missouri, etc. It's going to be a fascinating time frame to see which states mobilize the quickest, what their sports betting in their particular state looks like, and most importantly, what those tax structures become, because that'll ultimately determine what kind of product an operator can offer. Right, because obviously, if you're as a, as a sports better, if you've got if you've got your place that you do your business now, and it's maybe it's uh, not above board, and you're used to certain fees, if the gap between the under the table fees is uh, is wide compared to now the you know the legalized structure. That's going to be a thing, right? Now you've got more stakeholders involved. Leagues are going to want to cut. States are going to want to cut. So, do you have any idea what? those percentages could look like, or is it just way too early? Well, it's kind of early to try and uh, at least estimate what some of those numbers may be, but when you look at Nevada, for example, when it comes to gaming taxes, a little bit more than 7%. New Jersey, Mississippi, very favorable for the operators. Pennsylvania, however, on the other hand, wants to apply a 35 to 40% tax rate for sports betting operators, which makes it, to a certain extent, untenable to be able to offer a competitive product that we've grown accustomed to, the risking $11 to win 10 when you want to bet most of your football and basketball games. So until they can resolve some of those issues, who knows what that will ultimately look like. And then the one other area that people have to understand is that in this country, a lot of us like to buy things now and pay for them later on credit. Well, that's a luxury you're afforded with your corner bookmaker that you're not going to be afforded when you try and bet in any legal establishment. Yeah. So Todd Furman's with us here from the Bet the Board podcast. You've, uh, you've heard him weekly with us during football season, our Pros or Joe segment. Is it- so Nevada, as far as legalized sports betting, Nevada has had an obvious advantage in that you got to go into one of their sports books and you know pour yourself a little uh, cocktail and you got you got to be in Nevada and you got to be in a casino or in a sports book. Um, does is this a good thing? Do you think for Nevada or, or are some of these casinos and some of these operators looking at this as well? If if you live in Arizona or you live in Minnesota and you maybe had plans to go spend three days in a sports book to go hang out with friends. Now you could just do it in two years, let's say, on a mobile app from your couch. Well, you do have to worry a little bit about the potential impact it can have on tourism, but at the same time, you guys know all too well, if you're going to want to spend three days in a sports book uh, in the North Country during the month of December, wouldn't you rather be out here in the desert if the finances allow for it to take advantage of some of the weather? But at the same time, we're not sure exactly what that sports betting product is going to look like. And the other part of it as well, when you look at the states that will be first to mobilize, essentially New Jersey and Mississippi probably, the operators that have done sports betting here in Nevada over the last, you know, whatever it is, 50 to 70, five years, William Hill a little bit newer to the party, those are going to be the same operators that are allowed to operate in other jurisdictions because they have the proven track record. The states are going to be much more likely to work with them than to welcome in a wild, wild west type environment where you know no one has a proven track record. You take European operators that have no vested interest in the state. They're not willing to contribute to the infrastructure. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the states elect to handle it. But you mentioned the betting patterns in Nevada. One of the greatest things that we've been able to introduce in this state is mobile wagering over the last you know two to three years it's really taken hold and as a result you've seen much healthier betting handle you've seen more extensive wagering options and once you go through the exercise of opening an account and putting your initial deposit down over the counter you're then able to wager from the confines of home the pool whatever restaurant you're at and that's all geofence inside the state border so are, are you th- thinking that we are talking about uh, potentially sports books opening up throughout the country or probably uh, books that basically just run through apps, Todd. 
Uh, I think we're going to see actual physical books. If we're just going to open up apps, it becomes a very dangerous road to go down, and I'm not sure that the states want to embark on that just yet. So uh, a lot of that second tier where I think Minnesota falls in, they may take a wait-and-see approach and see how things get implemented in other states first and ultimately go, you know what, we're okay with a digital sportsbook product. We don't necessarily need the physical brick and mortar, and that changes the dynamics a little bit. But especially in New Jersey and Mississippi initially that have been very favorable gaming environments, Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see brick and mortar go first and then it'll be interesting to see how they include mobile uh, as a portion of their offerings. Now, the, the Doom and Gloomers are all already talking about, well, we're going to have more uh, game-fixing, point-shaving. But my opinion, Todd, is that we're, we're actually not, because won't this help leagues? Because it's now, because if if I'm a corrupt player right now, I can find a guy, you know, some guy in his basement, try and fix games. I might get, get caught eventually, but I would imagine that if this all is done above board, it would actually be more more difficult to point shave or fix games. Exactly. It's much tougher to move money untraced and untracked to a regulated market yep. than it would be under the current state of sports betting where you bet with a corner bookie. Who are they going to report it to? Are they going to go to the federal government and report their illegal bookmaking operations because they've taken an irregular <laughs> betting pattern on a you know second-tier college basketball program? Absolutely not. And when you look at the professional sports, you just can't come into any of these books and place high six- to seven-figure wagers without a track record of the casinos. And if you're talking about buying off a professional athlete, they're not taking a dive for five or 10000 with as lucrative as the salaries are. Now, when it comes to collegiate athletics, I understand it's a very real concern, and people go, well, what about the integrity of the games? Well, I got news for those folks. Match-fixing and point-shaving was going to happen in an unregulated market, and we have perfect examples of that with Toledo and their college football program, San Diego and college basketball for very small amounts. Now, if anything, there's much more of a deterrent if you rule with an iron fist for any of this stuff kind of happening. Yeah, for sure. Hey, just back to something you were saying about brick-and-mortar versus app-based. Is it, is it? I know that online poker, had, the, had well, they've been ongoing discussions for like eight or nine years now, but is it likely that you're going to have to operate a brick-and-mortar sports book if you also want to launch an app? Or do you think it'll get to the point where companies like, like you've got DraftKings and FanDuel and they launched an online service first. How do you think that plays out? Well, New Jersey has kind of said, and they haven't officially come out and said it, and just the circles that, and the individuals that I've spoken to said they want a physical presence. So even if that means not creating a casino or a hotel, they want bars. They want you to create jobs. They don't want anything coming into the state, taking revenue away from it, only paying a tax rate when you're operating remotely. So it'll be interesting to see how other states read that and what they can try and do to make it competitive and force people's hands. If DraftKings wants to come in and operate a sports book in Minneapolis, then you know what? Build a series of bars. Do something to try and give back to the community as well by creating a physical location. I think down the road you may just see an influx of mobile apps, but at the same time I really don't see that as a scenario that's going to take hold right off the bat. Do you think these platforms, whatever whatever shape they take in the next three to five years, are they all going to be geofenced by state or is it going to be... Are you because I like like let's take fan and this might be a different category fantasy football games for example if you play on DraftKings like I want larger pools for those types of betting scenarios like I want larger guaranteed prize pools I understand that sports betting is usually just you're betting a game and you know you put down a hundred bucks maybe you can win a hundred fifty dollars but do you think it's is there going to be any crossover among the states that have opted in? 
Well, that's going to be a big question because what you're referring to is a term in this industry called shared liquidity, and the pools will not be all that lucrative for DraftKings if they have to operate each state independently of one another because you may not be able to get the same amount of games as if you looked at the entire United States as one potential pool to deal with. So I think when we talk about states' rights versus a federal oversight, that's why a lot of the leagues want to see it from a federal standpoint. So if you're in New Jersey, you're you know, still have to be compliant with the same laws if you're in Minnesota or New York. You can offer the same products, and it's not state by state. You don't have to worry about some of the headaches that come from geofencing. Because I can tell you firsthand, even for Nevada residents, if you're in certain cities, Laughlin, Nevada, which is on the Arizona border and the Colorado River, or in state line way up uh, by the Tahoe Reno area, if you happen to pick up the wrong cell tower, you can be in Nevada and still not be able to make a bet because the geofencing gets all thrown off. So there are a lot of logistical hurdles that will come out of this. I think each state is going to have to address independently. But think of some of these scenarios. If you live in Manhattan and you can't bet sports in New York, but you can in New Jersey, are we going to see a mass exodus every single weekend into Hoboken for people that want to try and place bets and then head right back? In a similar scenario in Tennessee where people don't want to go all the way to Tunica, so they drive right across the state border from Memphis to try and place their bets. You're dealing with a number of situations that are going to be out there. And I think all the states and the federal government are going to have some say in this process before all said and done. Your Golden Knights, what is up there? You know, You're an expansion to, team. Putting together one hell of a product, uh, that's for sure. And I think every time we feel like the other shoe is going to drop, they bounce back with a tremendous performance like they did in Game 2 against the Jets. We'll see what kind of electric environments created a T-Mobile on Wednesday. And, man, what a story it would be if an expansion team gets into the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. And I'm not sure it would sit real well with uh, NHL GMs across this fine league, especially north of the border, knowing they haven't had a Stanley Cup champion hail from Canada when it feels like an eternity. Yeah, and the Wild, you know, Minnesota's never won a Stanley Cup. They keep trying every year and get bounced in the first round, and, oh, here's Las Vegas with two of their players. Yeah. And uh, But besides yeah. that, it's all fine, Todd. <laughs> Enjoy. You know, you know, that's what happens. I, ha- I do have to say the league set things up quite nicely for an expansion draft, allowing Vegas to kind of build a healthy talent pool. But at the same time, when you look at their win total coming into the season, or point total, I should say, that was 68 and a half and 250 to 1 to win the Cup, even the players are having a hard time articulating and explaining how they've been able to do this, but they've really rallied together, bonded, and the one thing about it, they're going to go four lines, they're going to come at you, and they definitely won't back down no matter what kind of adversity they faced. Todd, uh, thank you for all the information, and this this will be fun. We'll see how quickly Minnesota gets in the mix, but uh, it sounds like they're further along than maybe we thought a couple days ago. We appreciate the insight. We'll talk soon, man. See you, always, a, always a pleasure, gents. All right, Todd Furman Bye. from the Bet the Board podcast, former odds maker at Caesars. He's gone national now. He's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on Golden Window this yeah, morning. This morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's come back react to some of this. I also found a story from our friend Charles Robinson who dove into the NFL's initial we must still protect the integrity of the game statement. It's all about the shield, Phil. And what they will actually do okay. now that they're pushing forward. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. And if you want to chime in, if you have thoughts on the potential expansion of sports betting as it pertains to Minnesota or uh, some of these hypocritical statements that have come out from college athletic directors, the NFL, 651-646-8255. Open phone lines the rest of the show, 877-615-1500. Mackie and Judd now continue. Ready to be back in business or what? On 1500 ESPN. Interest, it'll add to what happens um, in our arena and in stadiums. It will increase the viewership for, for our biggest customers on TV, on, online and on TV. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> You're just playing this for the wrestling aspect. Mostly. I know. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, the million dollar man who just tried to pay off all of his opponents. He tried to buy the championship belt. I think he tried to buy it from Andre the Giant one time. Hmm. Crazy. I don't know why you do that when you already have the million dollar belt. Right. Yeah, he just created his own belt. It was like it was a championship belt called the million dollar belt with just like money signs and gold around the whole thing. That sounds like a nice belt. Right. It was a very nice belt. It was a genius idea. It's like a million dollar belt. Yep. Ted DiBiase. Or a couple um, thousand dollars. No, I think it was genuinely a million dollars. It was a million. Yeah, it was a million. Okay, okay I'll play. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll play along. I'm no, sorry. I, I didn't mean was. to. I didn't mean to rain on the parade of Ted DiBiase. I'm not sure why you have to buzzkill our wrestling. I'm sorry, guys. Like I'm sorry, guys. I forgot. You hold it near and dear. So the NFL released a statement, just like using the word integrity five times, and the NFL's longstanding and unwavering commitment to protecting the integrity of our game remains absolute. Man, I bet they so the ten PR people in the room and Roger Goodell when they wrote that sentence. We need well, let's use unwavering oh, and absolute. Should we put absolute first or unwavering first? It's one first? PR guy and twenty lawyers. And integrity has to be in there. Oh, bravo, Stan. Yes. Oh, Which basically, Barry. so if if you take their statement and dissect it, I think what what it really says is we will profit as much as possible from this, and until we figure out how to profit that much. Exactly. We will not allow this. Exactly. This will not happen on our watch until yeah. we can until we can maximize every last penny from you suckers that are going to come bet on football. Well, and here's the blueprint. Charles Robinson, our friend from Yahoo Sports, wrote about a similar it's sort of apples to oranges but but a similar blueprint for how the NFL is going to is going to take advantage and profit here. The ticket scalping market was something that they were <laughs> anti don't talk to strangers outside the stadium. And now you'll notice it's like the NFL has their secondary ticket markets. Well, they've and, got commercials. Yep, exactly. Coach Shanahan. That's right. You're trying. I was trying to scalp tickets. To yep. you. That's the worst. <laughs> that is the worst commercial or among the worst I've seen. Ron Rivera yes. is in one of them. Coach Riverboat. Rivera, what are you doing, man? Trying to buy tickets. <laughs> uh, so Charles writes this. It wasn't that long ago the NFL griped incessantly about the secondary ticket market that made massive sums of cash off tickets the league had already sold to fans. But after years of wondering how to tackle the sellers who created a massive underground economy off the league's product, the NFL decided to join in and double dip on its own ticket sales. That, so That's a great one. So yes. for a long time, the NFL, yes. they spent money and resources trying to track down ticket scalpers through local law enforcement and in the court system, which uh-huh. is almost impossible to, to, to win that game, right? And they said, all right, screw that. Yeah, we're <laughs> let's try and profit off of the second wave as we're, well. So we're, we're going to diving in the pool. Yes. We're going to sell out every stadium yep. on the first wave, yep. except for Tampa Bay and Jacksonville sometimes. And then off the second wave, we might not be able to profit off the entire second wave, but let's profit off of like twenty five percent of the second wave. And and so they partnered with Ticketmaster. They've got a ticket exchange, and they're running ads for it. So they took, as Charles writes, they took a negative and turned it into a positive. It gained more power over its product, the NFL did, gained more money on the bottom line, and co-opted a new business frontier by embracing the technological ingenuity of somebody else. So guaranteed at some point you're going to be able to go to Vikings.com or NFL.com, let's say, and you're going to be able to... Maybe maybe not through their own proprietary like app, but like a but secondary. They'll partner with, yes, they'll partner absolutely. with some sports book or something. And that's what they want, and that's what they're trying right now. As as they talk about integrity, they are they're saying, okay, we could we could benefit from this in a small way, 
or a huge way. So until we, we figure out how to tap you for your last cent, we're going to act like this is an affront. Fantasy fo- football was the same thing. Yeah. The fantasy thing was the same exact way, which was this is gambling. It's a form of gambling. It's using our players' names. You can't do this. Oh, hold on a second. We've developed a way for you to do it through us. Absolutely. Yeah. And for the record, I have no problem with the NFL trying to take advantage of their own business that they've created over the course of 75 or whatever, sure. 90, 100 years. I have no problem with that. It's just this language they use about, well, we are. We need to make sure the integrity well, it's just of the so game. Obvious. It's like, you guys, come it's on. It's just so crystal clear. And, and if they came out basically and said, we, we've quietly discussed this behind the scenes and, and we're, we're formulating a plan, I'd say, okay, cool. But as you said, when they come out and basically pound the table, you know, gambling is still gambling. It's like, no, you don't care. You yeah. don't care. And that's fine. But at least some leagues are being fairly transparent about this. And football is always the one where they act like, you know, like they're the dad. No, 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 you shouldn't gamble until we can make cash off you, at which point gambling becomes absolutely fine. It really does feel like in an everybody wins scenario, unless you're the senator from Utah, like and you're trying to and you're trying to rehatch a plan that do you do you believe and see that this is my frustration is the whole notion that somehow this step is going to ruin lives. Like, I think if you gamble, for the most part, you gamble. And if it's a problem, that's too bad. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like this is going to be the step that ruins people. That all of a sudden, I was fine until sports gambling arrived in my state, and then I couldn't stop. Because if you gamble, don't you like to gamble on, ordinarily, pull tabs, slot machines? Well, I think the, and I'm just speaking like, I'm speaking like second, third hand knowledge here. I'm not, I don't have a gambling addiction that I know of yet anyways, but I would think that it's more about it's, it's the thrill and the feeling of having something, some skin in the game or something on the line. It's possible that if you love sports and you're also addicted to gambling, that having easier access could, you know, accentuate that problem. But like you said, there's a lot of ways legally to get that fix. Yes. You can go into a casino. And by the way, in Minnesota, I believe there are 18 casinos. Uh, Running Aces, Canterbury, which don't have the slots, but Running Aces, Canterbury, you can sit at any blackjack or pie table. You can go bet on horses if you want to. You can get your fix for three hours, ten hours. You've got Grand Casino Hinkley, Grand Casino Mille Lacs. You've got Mystic Lake. you got Treasure Island. You've got Jackpot Junks, like Black Bear, all these casinos. So... If it's just about putting something on the line and having skin in the game and feeling that rush, there's a million ways to do it. Now there's just a million and one. Yeah. So, yeah. And pull tabs. And it might be fun. I've always wondered why I can't go on the internet and play a game, poker, yep. for instance, which is the next battle that should like that should, that should should be won. Mm-hmm. Why can I not play a game in which my skill level might lead me to like a 15 or 30% return on investment. And pull tabs is but complete I, luck. Like I can't Lime do luck. that. Yeah, but I can go in and play pull tabs. I went and we, we I played $50 in pull tabs at a bar last week. I don't even play pull tabs. I'm like, I want to play some pull tabs. Right. So why is that legal? Why is Because they can't decide. Or they just haven't prioritized it or asked the right well, question. Pull tabs, pull tabs make so much sense. Like when I'm at the bar and I see a guy come back with a with a basket full of pull tabs, I don't think to myself he's got a problem. I'm concerned. I think this is great, <laughs> for sure. This is, he's pumping. I mean, St. Louis Park at built an outdoor hockey arena deal that's very nice, outdoors roof, and I think they did it essentially through pull tabs. 
So I'm not thinking to myself, well, but, you know, poor Ted there. I mean, they're exploiting him. He cho- He's an adult, chooses to play, and pumps cash back into the town, the city. I have zero problem with any of that. Yeah. Zero. Uh, I'd love to, if, if, if you guys have thoughts out there, I'd love to hear from people. Do you, d- Does gambling enhance your viewing of sports? Are you anti the expansion of sports gambling? You just disagree with everything we've been saying for two days. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Plus, at some point here, I think before the end of the show, maybe even next segment, if we get a chance, we're going to take something Lou Nanny said last week on Thursday and expand on it. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You'll find us most uncooperative. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Well, it's already allowed. I mean, for me, as far as I'm concerned, it's already legal. It's already been legal. And it's, it's, if it's been going on as long as it has in Vegas, um, and in every bar room, in the back room of many bar rooms, whether it's been in Chicago or in Hazleton, <clears throat> it's been part of our culture. So I just think it's, it's out front right now. Uh, Joe Madden commenting on the uh, the expansion of sports gambling. It's been I don't know. You and I are not huge sports betters by any means, or Dave, but I think that we're just fascinated by this topic. And I've been a big poker player in my past, so I've fought I've I've fought directly and indirectly for poker to online poker to be legalized. So I just think it's cool when we the roadblocks, open up a door like this. The roadblocks to me don't make sense. Correct. That's my frustration. They're all very hypocritical roadblocks. Yes, exactly. And there and there's nothing there's nothing where I say that's a great point. Mm-hmm. I would hope that if you're anti gambling, that you that you're also anti pull tabs, anti lottery, anti alcohol, anti cigarettes, like like anti yeah. anything that would harm your health yeah. or harm your. Now, I think there's a whole another category of like, and I don't want to get into this on the show, but I think the other beast is the is guns, like that's like physical harm and death. Numbers right now, yeah, but I don't know. I'm, I shouldn't. I Gun shouldn't and abortion that, talk coming up. That's a whole other beast yeah. in itself. But no, to I think, but but the the roadblocks I hear are are, are self serving, as in you know we can't let this happen. And the leagues, the leagues are just basically trying to to grasp it. That's where basketball impresses me. Silver does a fantastic job of saying it's coming. Let's be prepared and let's be transparent about the yeah. preparation. I really appreciate yeah, that. I do too because I think to what you just said. Whether it's the NFL for a long time or with with poker versus the states or poker versus the federal government, if we can't profit off of this, then we're going to shut it down or prevent it from happening as opposed to, huh, let's find a way to profit off that. Exactly. Let's all come together and find a way to profit off that. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Hey, Paul. Yo, yo. I I got a question and, and, you know, I'm kind of just not nonplussed about the whole situation here. I don't really care. But what one thing I do wonder, is this going to create the possibility of more Pete Rose situations? And, and I know that if, if you know, major league players wanted to bet, there's ways of, of gambling and so forth. But this makes it real easy for them. Uh, are, are we at all concerned of that? Or are you guys under the impression of, well, who cares if Pete Rose bets? Uh, no, I do care, but but as Todd said before, I think if if you are if you're Pete Rose you, and and in Ohio gambling had been legal in at the time that he bet on Reds games, Paul, he can't he's not going to go through a mainstream uh, a bookie site. He's going to try and find someone in their basement who's got a mob connection. So I actually think. 
if if gambling is legalized, what you're going to see is the regulation is going to be such that you're not going to have to be nearly as concerned. I'm not saying that that there won't be slip-ups and things won't happen, but the Rose situation to me is something that has to go through the mob, and that's not what we're talking about here. Well, I think, and let's let's play this out. Let's take the scenario that you threw out there, Paul, and, and play it out. All right, let's say I'm a player in a clubhouse, or I'm a manager, or whatever it is. Um, I'm certainly not going to walk into, let's use the Twins as an example. I'm not going to walk into Canterbury Park. I'm not going to walk into a brick and mortar and do it because that would be instantly obvious and shady. Now, could I download, if we get to the point where you can launch an app, if you jump through 10 different hoops and you check all the boxes and you're Canterbury Park and you have a sports book and now you have the Canterbury sports betting app or whatever it is, could I create some sort of an anonymous account? I suppose, but or, I saw, I saw, hire, or hire somebody to go into Canterbury for you. Which you could do now, though. Like you could do that in Vegas right, right now. If, if in Vegas, if you're in Vegas, right. right? But I could call someone if I'm Paul Molitor and say, "Hey, but I got Paul, a guy." Yeah, Paul, no, I get it. If if you're a player or coach and and you, you're intent on gambling on your own team, you're going to do it now. Like it's not. I don't see Vikings players saying it's legal now in our state. So you know what? Believe it. We're going to bet on our team. If you have, if you have a big enough problem that you are predisposed to get, gamble on sports and do it on your team, you're doing it right now. Okay. Thanks, so, guys. I really Paul. think that. Appreciate Paul. I don't think that this is going to change that. As, as I said before, Anthony Barr is not not going to be driving to the stadium and think, well, there's the. There's a casino right there, and yeah. the spread's really good today. You know what? I'm going to drop in and gamble on the game. <laughs> and that, yeah, that, well, that buffet really hooked me in. Now I suppose I'm going to put ten bucks on. <laughs> Give the me game the Vikings, tomorrow. and then I got to go play. Yeah, I'm just reading reading some tweets here uh, at Phil Mackey at 1500 ESPN. Judd, the numbers are six five one six four six eight two five five and eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Will says. I enjoy sports betting and do so using a foreign online site. If betting comes to my local area, I am for sure moving all my betting to the local establishment because of uh, hoops sites like mine used to prevent users from cashing out. That is tough. Like I've had, I've had problems on like poker sites where you can get your, if you know how to get your money on one of them over yep. the past nine years, you can do it. But then like there's big fees and different things for cashing Except out. Except the fees and, here can't be too high. So that that's what Todd brought brought up and the fact that if the fees are too high then you might not switch oh for sure and i'm so saying that's like be an issue. the reason well, why it it's that case it's that way with some poker sites is because these foreign banks know that or these foreign poker sites know that you can't use u.s banks so like you're very limited okay so it's like it's kind of a supply and demand thing uh hugh says once it's legal i will do it now and then i will bet on it uh bet on games now and then but there are if there are multiple options and let's say option a is associated with the nfl and they get a cut. Well, option B is not. I'll always go with option B. Troy says the gambling topic falls under the heading of overreach of government. They should never be in the business of protecting us from our vices. And I mostly agree unless we're talking hmm. major physical harm. Like, okay, like if you want to take that theory out as far as it can go, well, then we should be allowed to drive as fast as it's my vice. I just like yeah. to drive fast. Like. All right, but if I run the risk of killing people, it gets that, then we yeah. have to have more discussions, and that's exactly what's happening with gun control. And I'm not even taking a side. I'm just saying if physical harm or death are involved, then we start to like put up bumpers for people and say, okay, well, let's put a speed limit on the road, yeah. or let's maybe not it, allow bump stops. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Corbett says, I thought one time I read Minnesota was one of the biggest illegal sports betting areas in the country. Have you ever heard that? I have not heard that. I but have it not. Would, would, 
I have not. I mean, Royce had a bookie for a while, didn't he? Oh, yeah, in the 70s, put, right? 70s and I 80s? I think he did, yeah. Where he's eating Chinese I food and just rated. betting on games. I think, I think Patrick's story is that... Pat he, got rated? No, 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 the bookie did. Oh, okay. No, Patrick's told a story before that he was he got a call. They, his bookie got rated, and they went through his bookie's uh, phone phone list and actually called all the people trying to get them to divulge their name. Yeah. And like Pat was smart enough to be like, I gotta go. <laughs> I can't talk. Right Which is now. exactly how he throws to commercial break every time. I gotta, I gotta, gotta, gotta no, go. No, I really gotta go. If you and I were talking about this during the break. If you are running aces or Canterbury, and particularly running aces, which I don't think does nearly as well in the, oh, in the horse racing department, right? I'm all in right now, yeah. Uh, but like running aces has an amazing card room. Yep. And and they haven't been established as long in the horse racing business. Mm-hmm. And they're and they've been around for like ten years now or whatever it's been. Running aces in Canterbury are probably very, very intrigued by all of this. Because, I'd be set to go the second the second they right? said yes, I would be opened up for business and say, Hey, you want to bet the twins tonight? Right. So or the like, Vikings? Like if you're running aces or Canterbury, even though it's not legalized yet, could you just have a wing you could just have a wing of your yeah, building? You'd be set to go. Here are a hundred T V monitors and theater seating. Ready for the ribbon to be cut if you're the day that this switch gets flipped. If you're them and you and you didn't have things prepared as of yesterday, the second that that news came down, I would have been going out and buying TVs and saying, "What room are we changing?" <laughs> right. I'd be ready to go the second because I'd go. Yeah, I'd go for sure. I think uh, I think what's going to happen eventually, you'll be able to use an app. But I think what's going to happen is you're going to have to have a physical location and everything. Todd was saying. Like Canterbury Running Aces yeah. are the are the two non Native American uh, casinos in the state, and or or betting places, and so you're going to have to have a relationship with the state that's trustworthy. Those are the two logical places to start, and then once you establish that brick and mortar aspect, now you can build out an app. But mm-hmm. like if I were anybody you, high up at one of those places, I'd be all right. Let's start developing right now. I'd flip the switch. The second they came through and said, it's on, I would say, we are open for business. Yes. You can bet whatever you want, sports-wise. Uh, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. TCL Broadcast Studios. Let's let's go back to something Lou Nanny said about if he were the new Wild. And we'll take more of your gambling calls, too. If you've got thoughts on on uh, gambling, sports betting as it pertains to Minnesota or just in general, we'll take your calls in the last segment. And then we'll go back to something Lou said on Thursday and apply it to all the sports teams. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Now it's your turn. This is 1500 ESPN. Tune in this and every Tuesday at 6 o'clock in the evening for the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken every week. Tuesdays at 6, Jamie Watson and Adrian Heath will break down Minnesota United FC, MLS soccer, and much more. It's all right here tonight, 6 to 7 on 1500 ESPN. Thank you, Dave, Maggie, and Judd. We'll get to uh, another call or two here before we wrap up in about 10 minutes. We've been talking a lot of sports betting the last couple days because of the news. Todd Furman was great. If you want to find him on demand, top of the fourth hour of today's show, Mackie and Judge show page or anywhere you would find podcasts. Uh, our friend Tom here tweets into the show, the government as it pertains to poker anyways, which I think should be next. I mean, it's poker's a game of skill, much more than sports betting or anything you're going to find in the casino games area. Great sports bettors get a 5 to 10% return on investment, which shows there's a lot of luck involved. Great poker players are 15, 20, 30 plus percent return on investment. So poker should be next. But Tom says 
The government didn't shut down Full Tilt Poker, which was an, a prominent online site, for all the wrong reasons. They did it at least partially because it was a complete scam. Howard Lederer and, and uh, Chris Ferguson are disgraced thieves. Can't trust online poker ever again. And that's where regulation comes in. When you have offshore yeah, poker expl- sites. Explain that. What that so mean? what happened was there were two or three online poker sites. Ultimate mm-hmm. Bet was one of them. Uh, full Tilt. We're at the highest of high stakes levels. This didn't really apply to the like to guys like me, but uh, or casual players. But the highest of high stakes levels, the developers and the founders of the company had software where they could see the opponent's hole cards, and they were like just and they were just cleaning out high stakes <laughs> players. <laughs> well, that's a problem. It's bad, and they shut down the U.S. government. That's part of the reason why instead of hey, let's I try to take an unregulated that. area and let's try to make it. Let's try to bring it above board and really regulate it. Is that really why it, it got shut down? It's one of the reasons. Part of the reason. It was. It, it was one of. The, it didn't help. Let's put it that way. No, I would imagine it didn't. Yeah, that um, would be so, a, so instead of a crime. Instead of the government saying, "Let's find a way to capitalize on a booming industry right now that gets huge ratings on ESPN," they said, "This is shady. Bleep it." We and don't they, really understand they it. shut the whole thing down suddenly. In that case, correct? Black was it Black Monday? I believe it was. Okay, or maybe it was a Black Friday. But it just came through, know. and it was just swooping shutdown. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was it was rough. I I had like I had and a lot of people are like this. People people had money frozen in online accounts. Like it doesn't matter. I had a couple thousand bucks. I know a guy who had like two hundred thousand dollars in an online poker account frozen for months, maybe even a year, on like poker stars, while the U.S. government tried to figure out, okay, how do we get, how do we oversee all of this? What happened with Full Tilt too? In addition to that might have been just ultimate bet where they were like looking at the whole cards of opposing players. But what happened with full tilt was these online poker sites and online gambling sites are basically like banks, right? Where you put money in they hold it, yeah. and they hold your money and then you can go in there and you can play games or bet on things. And I'm making these numbers up a little bit, but let's say full tilt had $400 million in people's money that that was supposed to be accounted for when Authorities went through their books. They found that there was only like forty million dollars that they were like spending all. They were spending other people's money, right? And now, not to defend them, but like what they were probably thinking was the founders of these websites. At no point are we ever going to have to give everyone their money and a cash out all at once. We just need to know how much liquid we need for when people cash out. Well, when the government comes in and says we need to see. All of your books, all of the pages, and your pants are around your ankles. That's what happens. Wow. So, six five one six four six eight two five five. That's an issue. Hey, Roderick. Hey, how's it going? What's going on, Hi, Roderick? I am uh, generally in favor of the uh, um, the extension of sports betting. I don't understand why people are so upset. I mean, you can go to Louisville, Kentucky. You can go to Baltimore, Maryland. You can go to New York and bet on the Triple Crown races, but apparently you can't bet on sports. What I think is going to be the hidden gem in all of this is that I think some enterprising person or group is going to establish some sort of relationship with a network of local bars so that people can vote, uh, bet at their local bars. I don't know about you, Phil, but you might know somebody who likes to go to, like, say, Bunnies, and they want to <laughs> hang out in Bunnies, well, and they don't, want to, they don't want to travel all the way down to Shakopee on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning. They just want to go to a local bar, and maybe there's a bookie who was a neighborhood bookie, but now he hangs out in bunnies, and he's connected with this network, 
this company that is nationwide and you go in there and bet with him or bet at some kiosk like they have electronic pull tabs, you can just go to your neighborhood place and place to bet versus going to some place that's 30, 45 miles away. So I think that's what's going to happen. Kind of like the Uber, if you will. Anyway, that's all my thoughts. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ryan. I like the idea. I can see Judd. So it would be, oh, that'd be on a Saturday night with all the games on at Bunny's? Put a couple of bucks here and there. Now, I'm, I'm not a pull tab guy, but if you had... Yeah, pull tabs are just like... But if, I know. if on a Saturday night during hockey season, I can uh, I can bet on uh, uh, you know wild avalanche and maybe flyers, rangers, and then, yeah. and, and then if I lose those two games, you got kings, ducks late to try mm-hmm. and make the, the entire thing up. This sounds intriguing. You know why I don't like pull tabs and slots? Because when it comes to gambling, I like a little foreplay. I want like the immediate. I want to work for like, it a little bit. You don't like ripping the clothes off. I want to work is basically for basically what pull tabs are. They are, and so are slots. I'm going to hit the button, and now you don't even get to like old school. Me. You had to pull the lever back pull, in the day, right? Pull tabs. Now you hit a button. Pull tabs totally bore me. Completely bore me. Like it, I don't too, see. You sit there and you're like, every once in a while you hit something, but it's, yes. for the most part, it bores me. Like even blackjack's pretty fast paced. I mean, cards are out, right? Poker, sports betting, I want to sit through three hours. You want to have yeah. a say. Three hours, baby. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I agree with that. You want Completely. to have a say in it. Pull tabs, you just you know, get what you're handed. Slots, you just push the button. Blackjack, you get to decide whether you're going to hold or you know For sure. take a hit. Same thing with poker. You get to make your choice. Same so thing with sports gambling. There's the You get to make a choice, and then in like sports betting... You get to sort of sweat it out for like two and, and a half hours. <laughs> and sports gambling is great because of this. I will say, during my time doing it, I have never been able to basically have a recall like I was then. If a guy missed a shot, I knew it. If a guy had a bad game, I knew it. You know, now you watch a game, and if you don't have if you don't have a stake in the game, you're like, I think that guy didn't play that well. Mm-hmm. But if you, but if it's a three point spread, and that. Sob, my guy Nick Van Exel's jacking up shots for for the Lakers in some Tuesday night game against the Knicks. To this day, I can recall Nick Van Exel had a bad game. That rascally Nick Van Exel. It's stuff like that, though. That's the that's the the reason why the only reason why I really enjoyed betting on sports was because I could remember tons of stuff mm-hmm. from games. Now you can just use your scorebook. See, this will be double fun for you. You can use your scorebook to score games that you're betting on. Mm-hmm. This is true, actually. That actually might not be. Although, although baseball gambling, I still, I, I don't get it still. So it's pitchers and it's line. They, you mean I don't the get, strategy for it or what? And I don't get the line. It because it's well, the, the like well, it's not goal or it it can be runs, but when when you look at the pitching form, it's just a money line. It's a money line. I don't get that. You don't get how a money line works, works or what? Well, it would just be like if a team is more likely to win, then you'd have to you'd have to bet more to win a hundred bucks, right? Yes, I mean you'd have to bet, but then you got to do the math on on what the odds are for the team. Yeah, well, if like the Yankees are, are playing the Twins and it, and the Yankees are minus two forty because they're awesome, then you have to right you have to bet two forty to win. <laughs> Don't bet Twins is the rule in that scenario. <laughs> I mean, when it says Barrios, Romero, Radke, Cot, it doesn't matter. Actually, Don't like, bet it. Like, it could be Barrios versus a T. Don't bet on it. <laughs> Brios versus Jugs Machine. Bet Yankees. Doesn't matter. I'd love for someone, maybe this is an intern Max project for the next 24 hours. The Twins are something like 30 and 92 against the Yankees going back 15 years. So let's say they're 30 and 92. And let's say the average line for that was 
I mean, I don't know. Let's say you bet the Yank. Let's say you bet the Yankees in every one of those games at minus two hundred, minus two ten. Is that oh fair? My. Oh my! And you put a hundred bucks on every one of those games for one hundred twenty games. How much money would you be up? You're. I can't do that math. That you're quickly. living below a bridge right now. I think that's the answer. You're living below a bridge. No, I'm saying if you bet the Yankees. Oh, the, ya- oh, yes, the Yankees. If you bet the Yankees. You're living in, well, you're in a like, palatial estate. If you bet a Stillwater. If you bet a thousand, it depends you on how much you You can afford to buy Sid's place if you bet the Yankees. Sid's place along the river or Sid's oh, place? Oh, along the river, no. In Stillwater, yeah. Yeah, the nice place in Stillwater. <laughs> not not his place in Golden Valley or Plymouth or where he lives now. No, yeah. that. No, I'm talking about the nice place. Uh, we, we'll get to that Lunani thing tomorrow because it'll yes. be kind of fun. But we just got and my soccer gripe too. There. Day day three tees. I've still got my soccer gripes. We're gonna get to Judd's soccer gripes I at some keep point. Keeping my here. notes. Uh, all right, we're back. Uh, we're back tomorrow. The Crafty Rogues are gonna hang out with us for a while tomorrow too. Mackie and Judd.